3: This week's episode of the 9 or 9 podcast is brought to you by One Sonic. If you're looking for a gift for the music lover in your life, head over to OneSonic.com to pick up something in their Christmas sale. One Sonic has got all the discounts on all their products, including the ANC headphones, Bluetooth speakers and wireless earbuds. So for the music lover in your life, that's OneSonic.com and get all your Christmas shopping done and dusted. That's OneSonic.com. Hello and welcome to the 9 or 9 podcast. It is the last podcast of the season, of the year, in fact, and it is the trilogy, the closing of the trilogy, the, the closing chapter of our the end of year.
0: The return of the best king.
3: Best of 2021, return of the king, many epilogues. Um, it's way too long. Um, there's too many people drinking and cheering. Um, I've got a whiskey coffee uh, beside me. Andrea has a glass of wine. I believe.
0: I have a glass of red wine. Raised. It is currently thirteen seventeen on a Wednesday. Christmas is here, lads. Well, it's here. We're doing everything it.
3: goes early these days, so we'll have to we have to have a an early drink. So yeah. um that is yeah. to mark the occasion, which is the third annual uh Nile Nine podcast awards. <laughs> so what is the podcast awards? Well there are awards that we completely make up in order to discuss the things that we want to uh discuss that have been <laughs> left out. out. Of the uh, running order in terms of the best of uh, end of the year stuff, um, so just stuff we want to highlight, stuff we want to talk about,
0: um, as yeah. ever. I mean, we're really going to be shoehorning some stuff oh, yeah, in here. Yeah. It's 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 very yeah. loose. If you've been with us for a while, you know that we're not really one for structure. Yeah.
3: So. Well, twenty twenty one was the was the year where we did a lot of podcasts. We had podcasts about Enya. We did a podcast about Italo Disco, My Bloody Valentine, The Broken Record Campaign, NFTs, Dolly Parton, A Choice Music Prize Special, Britney, MF Doom, R.I.P., Daft Punk, R.I.P., Sea Shanties, and we also spoke to Kojak, Saint Sister, Gemma Dunleavy, Wyvern Lingo, James Mr. McMorrow, CMAT, God Knows, Robbie Kitt on Club Culture, and much, much more. Um, So that is the context for the year. I think we did a lot of... um, Interesting deep dives into uh, the kind of things we mentioned there. But on this one, we're just going to be focusing on very particular um, things that uh, Mm -hmm. we want to talk about. And so I think it's only fitting that we start with um, one that's been with us for the last number of years. Um, It is uh, the best sax solo. Um, So it seems that, uh, well, I only really have one nominee. And one winner this year. Did you did you think of any sax solos this year? No. No. Okay. Well.
0: No, I didn't think of a sax solo this year. No, no, I didn't. Um, but we had a late entry from Maria in the Discord, so we'll have to give that a mention as well.
3: Yeah. So, um, I mean, if you want to call it, it's a nominee, I guess. So um, it's a nominee. Nominated. John C. Riley dressed as a king, playing sax in the song by Molly Lewis, which is "Oceanic Feeling." Um, I think I can hear you can hear a little bit of that right now Bit of whistling there too, sure why not um, So that was Maria's late entry nominee in the Discord um, our Discord, uh, we will be talking about Discord later on because we have made an end of year list called from um, their choices, we have 15 people who have nominated uh, choices in the Discord who are going to, we're going to read out their favourite albums and Irish albums and songs for the crack um, Niall, yes Cheers, cheers, cheers Dre Clink. Clink,
0: happy Christmas clink right so the winner is oh very so good the winner of the uh, Sax
3: solo is an Irish artist uh, by the name of Ainer uh, with Cueva the the song is called Tink Twice and it's got a lovely big 80s pop chorus and big 80s pop vibe and it sounds a bit like this Okay, that was Einar uh, Think Twice featuring Cree with the Barra and I'm not sure who plays the sax on that but maybe we can find out uh, at some point um, uh, I really enjoyed that this year that's a, a great track um, and uh, Ayner's music as well I really enjoyed a lot uh, this year um, really nice uh, skating roller skating video to that one as uh, makes sense, I think also that song reminds me a little bit of uh, the Galaxy Love System, that kind of uh, mm-hmm. saxophone version that comes in uh, late in, and I uh, really enjoyed that.
0: We had an um, Irish winner in this category last year as well, we didn't did we? It. So yeah, uh, I don't know if it was last year,
3: was it? Last or was year? it the year before? Otramond was twenty nineteen. so yeah, we've got two
0: two to one Irish on the sax, yeah. So we're uh, doing which well with very the sax exciting. Well yeah, very exciting for Ireland. Yeah, good job. So. um.
3: Andrea, what would you like to would you like to uh, nominate or or announce a winner for uh, a category you have?
0: So I have a category and I don't know what your um, your nominee for it is, but I think we should do thing you wish would go away. I have two nominees and I believe you have one nominee. So why don't you tell me your nominee? Well, I think the thing uh,
3: that I wish would go away is a uh, thing that we did an episode on earlier this year, which are NFTs. Yeah, um, for various, <laughs> various reasons, um, I think they are um, they are tapping into the vein of a uh, uh, human um, idiocy, and uh, they make no sense. Still, they're mm-hmm. just they're just. Awful things that that have no intrinsic value uh, artistically, creatively, but only financially. People are getting swindled left, right and center with them. I think the bottom's going to fall out of that thing um, very soon. And I think when you get to the point where Liverpool uh, left backs are are like Andy Robertson are releasing NFTs and fans are lapping them up. I see, you know, there's a lot of artists that are doing these things and NFTs and I think they're swindling people out of money because it's easy mm-hmm. money for them to make. Eventually, at the moment, and I think there's going to be a bit of a backlash about NFTs in the number uh, in the next couple of years, if if not next year. But the other reason I I brought this up is because Brian Eno has been talking about this this week. And, yes, uh, I was just I was quote. just
0: finding his uh, mm, his yeah. quote.
3: So he said he's been a pro- I've been approached several times to make an NFT. So far, nothing has convinced me that there's anything worth making in that arena. Worth making for me implies bring something into existence that adds value to the world, not just to a bank account. If I had primarily wanted to make money, I would have had a different career as a different kind of person. I probably wouldn't have chosen to be an artist. Eno says, uh, The aesthetic potential is that there is no potential. NFTs seem to me uh, just a way for artists to get a little piece of the action from global capitalism, our own cute little version of financialization. How sweet. Now artists can become little capitalist assholes as well. And I have to say, boy, hey, we, <laughs> oh, I haven't completely. seen any nFts of any value yet at all, so no,
0: uh, and it's I, it's that it's that kind of tech bro culture. It's the same thing. I think we were talking about this during our our episode, and we'll say like we we sort of discussed that in in our kind of deep dive episode when it was quite early on in like the n f t world, and we really did try and give it a fair yeah. shot. We tried to look at the benefits and the cons. But we sort of came out thinking the same thing as Brian Eno, which is that this is a kind of a a tech bro world, same people who are into cryptocurrency and like kind of make it their entire personality. Like, was it Grimes earned like six million dollars in a month on NFTs this year or something like yeah. that? Something insane. And yeah, no, NFTs going in the bin. Um I've two nominees for this category. One yeah. Is and we can vote on which one we want to put in the bin. Um, one is people having contrarian views for no reason, just okay. Please explain, just I don't know, just like uh, the 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 beat, the like, let it be, isn't even like a good album, or <laughs> like, I don't know, or person? I don't want to. Huh? I don't oh, know just, no, but just generally, like you'd see things on Twitter or whatever. Or just, I don't know, just not liking a popular thing just because it's popular. Just I, mm. I want I want that to kind of go away. I'd like I'd like that to be put in the bin in in the music world and in the wider world as well. Um, I think mean, the wider world the thing I saw that most of
3: this year was of Ted Lasso. Um because people were just like, God, it's not even any good. It's, it's shit shit show. And yeah, like, I haven't seen Ted Lasso, it. so I, I don't know. It. it is what but it yeah, is. It's, ob- sort it's of like thing. watching East Enders or something. It's just like a bit of a comedy thing. It's fine. Yeah. We need that and this year.
0: Obviously, you're allowed not to like allowed not like mm. things, but I don't know. There's a way of doing it. And there's a specific way that I've kind of come across a little bit this year, not just with the Beatles and with Ted Lasso and with Succession and all of the kind of big cultural talking points that brought people genuine joy this year. And people trying to like sap that from them. Um, But just sort of more generally. And my other nominee is kind of songs that sound like Ed Sheeran songs, but they're not Sung by Ed Sheeran because I don't mind Ed Sheeran doing his thing, and I can just avoid that. Right, yeah, but as we saw okay. with the Adele album this year, and with many, many other like pop music is starting to just sound like Ed Sheeran, and I would like that Ed to go in the
3: bin,
2: Yeah,
0: I would like that to go in the bin, please.
3: Eddie Sheerans, Eddie, Eddie. Eddie Sheerans around. Yeah, and Ed Wieners.
0: So, so out of those three, I don't know what are we putting in the bin? I and
3: mean, we can um, just put them all in the bin.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. This is yeah. room
3: one on one. We, okay. can, we can we can do what we like. Um, okay. NFTs in the bin. Um I will still pay attention to see what's going on there because I think, I think, you know, it has a capacity not for probably positivity, but I think, you know, the opposite actually. And I think you mm-hmm. just need to know what's going on there. I think you're going to see a lot more artists releasing NFTs next year if they haven't already. And yeah. uh, be wary of them, I think. Yeah. Instead the, of
0: buying an thing. NFT, you could buy a t-shirt or you could buy a, a record and you own it and other people get to listen to it too. So... Consider yeah, that.
3: and I hate it that like, you know, there's definitely issues with, you know, um the amount of uh resources an NFT takes to to, to do or to process and
2: yeah.
3: we got a we got a fair few people afterwards on, on on Twitter saying actually they're gonna bring in this news like well they haven't yet and well, they it haven't still yet. takes a lot of processing and power and a lot of
0: literally absolutely no it. financial incentive for them to do it, um which means that they won't. Um it is I, I believe I believe I looked this up when we were doing it, but please don't quote me on it or come at me, but I think it is more environmentally conscious to purchase um, vinyl records than it is to to kind of support the well, NFT. And, and even it. they have their they own, have their own thing, but issues you know. at the moment. Anyway, right. Next category, Niall, go. Okay, um, well, let's
3: go with something positive then. Um, I want to pick the best song I discovered in a film okay. this year, um, which was a long time ago this year it felt like maybe last year but it wasn't um and so i have you seen steve mcqueen's um films that were aired on bbc called small acts i think there's three or four i've only seen one um but i i think the other one are you know a bit darker Uh, but the one i watch is called uh, lovers rock and it has some dark moments to it but it is about a party set in london and uh, uh like, it's in the late 70s, it's, it's, how do you, it's just a lovely, it's like a house party with in London, and uh, it's just a lovely evening in the 80s, actually, in West London. Um, and there's a song that's used in it, and, my God, it became one of those things that are just like, that is, it's a beautiful scene in it, now... You'd have to see the thing, and I can't, there's an, unfortunately, I can't play the audio of the scene, but you've got to imagine the song I'm playing here is sung by an audience of people dancing in a little house party, and the music drops out, and they all start singing it, and here is the song, it's called uh, Silly Games by Janet Kay. Lovely. That is Janet Kay. Silly games. Um, uh, just a wonderful, one of the nicest scenes I've seen. One of the warmest um, dance and music scenes I've seen mm-hmm. in film for a long, long time. Um, just beautiful little scene of people dancing at a house party. To that. Lovely. Um, and it's really nice. Really Very good. Nice, so,
2: okay.
0: Um, this is one that you recommended, and I have something for it. Um who knew that we'd still be talking about this? What was your nomination? Mm, I have
3: one. Well, my nomination is um is an artist we talked about in January um who no one knew was going to be one of the biggest artists of the year really. Didn't certainly didn't seem like that when we talked about Olivia mm. Rodrigo and Driver's License in in January uh, as a viral hit. It seemed like it was going to be a once-off thing. In the end, it absolutely was no. not. Um, Sour is one of the biggest albums of the year, the most streamed album of the year. What's um, it? And I think Driver's License is like the most streamed song of the year. Um, and also, I mean, most importantly, you know, the album was really good yeah. for what it was. And I think it has a lot to recommend. And um, I think it's, it's really fascinating. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Olivia Rodrigo's album and how, you know, people were like, oh, she's ripping off, like, No Doubt, or Gwen Stefani, or Taylor Swift, yeah, or whatever. Though. But, you know, that's, that's pop cool. music, and that's how it works, and, you know, I mean, there's there's a wider thing there about questions about, um, you know, uh, influence, and songwriting credits, and These days, people are more likely, as Olivia Rodrigo do, just to give an artist uh, Mm -hmm. songwriting credit directly, as she did with Taylor Swift, because it's just easier than going through the And Paramore as well. Just acknowledging a few others. Paramore, yeah, would be an obvious one. I've always had uh, a little bit of a soft spot for some of Paramore's music, and I think uh, Olivia Rodrigo was doing that really well. Um, And I think, uh, yeah, Good For You is a great example. Great song. Just a a brilliant, brilliant Mm. pop song. And uh, one of the ones that came back a lot this year and I know you were a fan of that as well weren't you big fan
0: of that really like her um yeah she's someone I'm glad we're still talking about my nomination for this category is an album that I love but I have no idea why we're still talking about it is Nirvana Nevermind and it's specifically in the context of this year being the 30th anniversary and all of the pieces that were written you know like oh 30 years on what does nirvana mean to us but we did this five years ago when it was the 25th anniversary and we did it five years before that when it was the 20th anniversary and i'm at the stage now where i think anything that needs to be said about nevermind by nirvana not only has already been said but was said five years ago like pretty fucking recent um so yeah i'd like that to stop <laughs> please and and it's not only that but it's you, the reissues and the you know it's it, it, all, all like you know collected the 30th anniversary one and it's like well what am i getting out of this like really there are other albums there are other albums from that year we yeah. could be talking about but um but no nirvana never mind
3: you made the point in dingle talking to jim carroll um a bit well it was about the beatles but it mm. applies here he's like you know you want to hear different voices talk about like especially yeah. Women who were there at the time, or younger women talking about, um, those albums yeah. because all the men have already done this. Like, do you think that's a case here? Do we have uh, opportunities here to talk about Nirvana from a female perspective? Yeah, I and, think so. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I, w- I, I, I was specifically talking about the Beatles, but I was also talking about like two other big news stories this year. Um, kind of covered the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan. Um one band lost a member and Bob had a birthday and it's this thing of like, as it e- every, year. every year, but it was, it was a big one this year. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I do think with Nirvana, like, and just the kind of nineties alt rock scene generally that also falls into the category of music, of music that tends to be written about by men who were Not necessarily who were there, but who are old enough to have been there had they lived in Seattle um, or Mm. who remember it the first time around or whatever, don't tend to hear a lot from women on on that kind of stuff. So if if we wanted to kind of revisit this album every five years or every 10 years or or whatever it is, I'd, I'd really like to hear some different perspectives on it, because there's kind of only so much that I can hear about, like how much it changed the industry the recording process, what the band went on to do, like all of that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, OK, I think we know this now. And there, the other issue I have with it is that there is current music that isn't being written about when you're writing about that music. So, yeah, that's something that I... Um, what was the category? Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I was about to say that's something I want to put in the bin, but, um, which I do. Andrea's branch. <laughs> no, no, this category was. Um, yeah. Why are we still talking about this or or who knew we'd still be talking about this? You took a very positive slant on this and I took a negative one. Um, but yeah, let's let's leave Nirvana Nevermind aside. I think we're probably not going to hear it hear about it now. Oh no! Another five years, yeah. On the thirtieth anniversary, we're going to hear it, and then after that, it'll be in decades.
3: No, 35,
0: 35 is, not a good is sorry. nothing. We can't have. We no. can't have
3: that. I can't no, allow that.
0: No. Pe- people. Some people um, don't even celebrate their thirty-fifth birthday, so you know it's fine. Um, so yeah, Nirvana. Never mind. Why are we still talking about it?
3: Fair. And I think tying into what I said, uh, I would pick my the best pop song of the year would be good for you from
0: a. Oh, interview. okay. My best pop song of the year is "Prioritize Pleasure by Self Esteem." Okay. Yeah. Very good. Oh, we, we we absolutely knocked that uh that <laughs> category out, just boom. <laughs> On to the next one.
3: Yeah. Here's a here's uh here's twenty seconds of go for you. Why not?
2: You're getting everything you want. You got a new car and your career's really taking off. It's like we never even happened, baby. What the fuck is up with that?
3: Hmm. Pick a number there for Four. Me. between one and twenty. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so we're going to. There wasn't many of these this year, but there was a few. Um, and uh so the best live gig um of 2021. Now there wasn't many of them, like we said. October. Is when things reopened in Ireland and uh, they were quickly shut again, <laughs> seven weeks later, and I managed to squeeze in quite you a did. few things. I counted how many uh, events I went to, if you count, um, like based off a calendar I made, and apparently I was at 40 different events between October 22nd no, yeah. and um, and December what well, seven? No, well, when was, well, I guess this week, last week. Friday, last Friday was my last official event. Your your vaccine was working
0: hard the day they gave it to you. It was, yeah, and I still didn't get COVID. Good
3: God. Well, you mentioned self-esteem there. She was one of the great uh, gigs that I went to see this year. Um, Really great to see her in the Workmans as well. Just a really moving, um, a really good celebration. And obviously... You know, the, we've talked about the album a lot and uh, but seeing her live was just, uh, you know, it really affirmed that kind of positivity that she has and, and the message and like the I think seeing her in the flesh as well, really, you know, I think for me, the crowd reaction is what mm. got me is like, like I said before, people singing back some of those words, some of the best lyrics of of 2021 that um, Rebecca Lucy Taylor has has and uh Like, it was really rather miserable trying to love you. People were absolutely shouting that at her, back at her. And, you know, like, even even that, like, funny line about don't send those long paragraph texts, don't stop it. Like, people were, like, doing that, like, a comedy bit. Yeah. (laughs) So that was lovely. Um, And and she's great. And uh, also there was lots of, like, great local stuff that I managed to see as well. The likes of, um, saw Silverback's. Uh, Le Boom ha- came back. We had CMAT uh, in Whelan's, which was a, kind of a solo, cool solo show. Gemma Delevy in the Academy was a big mm-hmm. vibe there. Had a piece in Totally Dublin about that, which you can read, which um, I was very pleased uh, Gemma sent me a message afterwards. And this is, okay, I'm I'm going to flex a bit here just because it's a nice thing and it, it very rarely happens, but she sent me a message saying that um, <coughs> she saw the piece I read was basically uh, a really nice encapsulation of, of her career so far and also... Um, really got across what she was trying to get across. Which oh, is that's lot about always family, such a nice thing community, to community, And, you know, friendship and all that kind of stuff. And I really did. Uh, I was very pleased to hear that as well. So uh, that was really nice. Um, I guess they, I, I also saw Kelly Leone's. Oh, yes. So my winner, my winner. Well, Kelly Leone's was a great gig as well. So I had, had a great time with other voices as well, of course. Um, but my winner ultimately is for those I love the Olympia and uh, an album and an artist we've waited a long time to see live and my did not disappoint it was an, an intense experience um so to the point where you know i mean this is an album about from David Bav about grief and friendship again and uh, you know we have it was a very intense situation and it was a beautiful uh, stage production it looked like a theater set um just him on stage and a microphone, and very little else other than you know things that reminded him or are, are taken from the songs. So, it, I actually found it quite intense. I had to leave after, and I did leave. We were in the pit, myself and Dave handwriting, and a lot of our other friends. And I found it quite, um, yeah, the intensity. A bit too much at first. Um, after two or three songs, I just needed to puncture that by going out and going mm-hmm. back in, and I found that quite useful. Um, because it just was hard to watch one man um up on there, up on the stage, on his own, like outpouring of of friendship and grief and hardship and talking about all these things in a really like emotional and personal way in front of people. Like, it's one thing to do it as an album, but like to do it in mm-hmm. front of people. And to do it over and over again each night, I could, you know, it was it was quite a lot. And there was parts, there was times where he was, you know, it's the the album is about uh, Paul Kern, um, who passed away a number of years ago, a few years ago, and uh, he was a poet and one of um Balf's friends, and uh, he was in a band called worked Out with him, and he was a, like I said, he was a poet. And there was parts where Balf was howling into the the abyss of the theatre. I can feel you in this room, and it just, it felt so. It felt cathartic, but also so deeply personal as well that, you know, there's a level of uncomfortableness mm. to it where you're just like, oh, God, this is a lot, you know. But it is ultimately, you know, I think he steadies himself on stage and he translates that in the best possible way. You know, it's a shared experience. It's his pain is personal, but like everyone else felt it that night as well. Um, So, you know it is one of those things uh, i'm really glad i got to see it i don't think i'd like to see it again mm-hmm. myself really um because of that experience it's it's a lot to put yourself through but i think after 20 months of 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 a of a big p word um i don't i i think it was something that we just felt really necessary and rather beautiful to experience as well and it's it's very rare you get those kind of um Gig experiences, and uh, so that's for those who love gig at the at the Olympia
2: this very year. Very
0: good. So, yeah, um, I didn't really go to any gigs. I went to Lisa O'Neill as part of the deniri Folk Festival, and I went to Other Voices. So my gig of the year will be Alva Reddy at Other Voices was fantastic. Um, that was my favorite set of the weekend, and she was very nice and charming and funny, and um in the room in on on desert um, she went up to kind of you know tune her guitar and do her little little like tune up sound check thing um but the whole room just went quiet and she was like oh um I'm not actually starting the gig yet but you know no 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 one in the crowd like took that to mean like oh we can just talk amongst ourselves (laughs) so everyone was quiet and didn't want to speak uh so it was like a tiny bit awkward but she dealt with it so well she just like Started explaining what she was doing. She was like, This is my earpiece. That's so that I can hear my guitar. This is my guitar. Oh, it's it's not plugged in. I'll just plug that in. This is a this is a guitar lead. <laughs> just like talked us through the whole setting up thing. Um and then, yeah, she was just so charming. Like she, her her first song she said about it, she was like, Um, this song is about my grandmother, so you know how that goes. And it just kind of a nice laugh there, but also, you know, like a, a, a really beautiful song and a new song from her from her her upcoming record next year. So yeah, that was really lovely. That whole night, um, the whole Saturday night in uh or Sunday night in On Deasert was excellent. Um so I'm gonna go for Alva. Um props to Mango Mathman the night before and also to Elaine May, but i I couldn't lean in because it was a very very busy room and I was just a bit anxious or whatever but um had it been normal times I think I would have um I would have freaked out a bit I thought that was great. Um so yeah those are our gigs of the year. It's really <laughs> not much to go on with, <laughs> with me anyway. Yeah well
3: I hope next year will be uh you know I mean I, when I say forty events, I don't. I don't think I actually yeah.
0: went to forty. Yeah. Oh, we well, we out, also you know, went to other voices night, like Guinness so, yeah. nights out, which is fun. And, yeah. Well, that also that was counts, Yeah. That mm-hmm. was last week. Got to see. I saw
3: John Francis Flynn three times. This <laughs> yeah. Year, which is pretty mm. impressive. You know, uh, in the summer at another love story, and also at the Meadows Festival, and uh, so, and then again last Wednesday in the Guinness Store, mm-hmm. So that was lovely. Nice thing to see. Saw a bit of Pillow Queens in me. So yeah. That was nice. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess continuing the uh, I mentioned friendship as a big part of you know the best live gig from for those I love. Um, and it occurred to me like there's a really lovely song which you know is isn't a lot of end of year list, but I thought it'd be nice to just include as a spotlight best song about friendship, and it is uh, this lovely, lovely song from Serpent with Feet, uh, called Simply Fellowship. <laughs>
2: Sunday afternoons Christmas films in July with you The canon of Baltimore tales Our crafty looks when there's nothing to wear Maybe it's the blessing of my thirties I'm spending less time worrying And more time we go to the love More time we go to the love
3: So, there was a lot of times this year where a lot of us could not see physically see our friends, and uh, this was arrived earlier in the year during our, our uh lockdown, um, a five month lockdown <laughs> that we had here. Jesus, um. Yeah, yeah, um, so that was a nice thing to feel, um, you know, just a, yeah, a lovely song, a lovely mm-hmm. sentiment, Serpent Feeds album, Deacon, truly uh, great album, really lovely, uh, very light and airy and sweet and full of, um, like, kind of gentle, sensual, um, loving songs about um uh, all sorts of things, from relationships and friends and like there, and uh, dating black men, and it's just a really lovely cool. album, Serpent With Feet. So, yeah, uh, one I'd recommend. Uh, it is on my list as well, of course, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there we go. An extra shout out.
0: I too have a nominee for this category, and it's an Irish song, and it's My Brilliant Friend from Saint Sister, um, which is just a fantastic song about friends, and there's lines in it that make me very happy that they're writing music because I think that they are excellent lyricists. And late in the song, the line is "My brilliant friend asked me never to send him music if that's all I can give," and I really, really love that line. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Is it the opening track on that album? Yes, it is. It is. Indeed. Yeah, yes. Uh, yes. it's just yeah, it's a beautiful opener for that album. Um, and oh, just gorgeous! Just an absolutely gorgeous song.
3: Did we ask them when they were on the podcast that it's inspired by the Elena Ferrante book? I presume it is. Yeah, it is. Sorry, I've seen that somewhere. Maybe we didn't ask, but um, I think definitely inspired. I've seen them say they were inspired by that book, which apparently is very good. No, I haven't. No, apparently it's very good. Here's a bit of My Brilliant Friend by Saint-Exupéry. yeah Okay, well, uh, Keen Doherty in the um, in the Discord uh, said suggested we do voice note of the year. <laughs> and I think I actually did consider this as a, an option, but then I saw Killian Sunderman's um, TikTok. Oh, yesterday, that's voice note of the year! I was like, oh, that's it. Can't do <laughs> They're <it anymore>. over. <laughs> Can't talk about voice notes. They're over. Like there was a lot do of. Do you this have that? Year. Can we play There's that? A lot for people? Of them. Um
0: yeah we can. Oh yeah. man it made me laugh so much Maria Kelly shared on her um and I think Nilo did well. <laughs> but I saw Maria, Maria Kelly sharing
3: Nilo who had yeah. it well, yeah, yeah, as well
0: Well Maria Kelly as well and yeah, okay. um she she shared she was like thanks to the seven thanks to the seven people who have already sent this to me
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah and Nilo uh, said that I, I've been yeah. sent this video more than any video ever on on the actual <laughs> Instagram here you go
2: I'm uh, sorry if this is out of the blue, but uh, just want to let you know, I love you. People don't say that I'm enough in this crazy old world.
3: Peace. <laughs> so uh, it's says, sending profound voice notes to my rapper friends <laughs> that they use it on
2: their album.
0: <laughs> That's me, with I I, I communicate with Denise Chyla basically with, only I, through. I Denise voice notes think. and now and then I'll, I'll send her one afterwards and i'll be like are you going to use that in the song and she's like, no <laughs> 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 like i think you should use that want. one in the song it's that like
3: was a really good album. one <laughs> the would like like there's some of those who you kind of wonder is like so the one where she's kind of crying to her friend is she like actually that would be really good you now can you send like can i i'm gonna, I'm use, gonna that, use this yeah. like a, yeah, my outpouring of, of emotion there. I'm gonna mm. use that in my album. Is that mm. all right? <laughs> like how much of how much how, when at what point do we get where voice notes are no longer private and they're just performative? And we, we're all no. just like best voice, no, voice that note is of the
0: year. A brilliant point, and we will keep it for our voice notes episode that is definitely coming next year because I I really I yeah, really I really wanna to wanna dig deep into this um into this topic. But yeah, I loved that. So yeah, there's no best voice note of the year because Killian has had the last word. On, on yeah, voicemail. he's ruined yeah. it all Cheers for us. Mate. So <laughs> thanks
3: for
0: that. Thanks for that. Um, um, and, um, I have a a category with a winner. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you have a, a nominee for this, but it's artists who had the biggest campaign for an album and didn't top or come in the top 10 of a single list.
3: Oh, well, I mean, that could, does this tie in with most disappointing album oh, of 2020? Oh, maybe. It, <laughs> It possibly it's, does. If you're under Lord. <laughs> uh, well, that is one of the nominees yeah. for sure. Um, for most this yeah. going on in 2021. I haven't seen it on any single. That's so single weird. List like
0: I just thought, like, cause it got I don't know. It did, I, I I wouldn't have described it as having even like mixed reviews at the time. Like we didn't like it. A few other people didn't like it, but the, the big publications seemed to give it between three and four stars. I think I saw a couple of five stars for it as well. This is for the new Lord album. And I, I expected to see it kind of middling around like the 10 or the 9 spot in a few lists, but like, or ev- yeah. e- even to Nothing. top like one list or something, but no, absolutely nowhere.
3: Yeah, I've not seen it no. on anything. No. Yet. I know, we must have a look yeah. now um, and see. Isn't there a website that does an aggregator of like the best of the year? Um, yeah, it's
0: like best you know, is it any decent music albums of the that? year dot yeah, com maybe. does a does an aggregator. I think.
3: All oh, right, any decent music yeah. does it as well, actually. Um, I'll tell you where. Based off, then does Lord even? It's not even on the
0: page. It's it's so oh, weird, shit. isn't it?
3: Like it's not even top fifty. Yeah. in that one. What was the one album?
0: Uh, al, al, the albums one of the year. Start?
3: Of the of the year.
0: Yeah. Al, or album of the year dot com. Yeah. The year dot org. Um.
3: Okay, let me see if Lord is anywhere. Not there <laughs> <right>. at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, list aggregate.
0: Mm. Hmm. Like,
3: I mean, it's a funny one. A list aggregate is kind of funny. Little like
0: Biffy Clyro's in there. there.
2: <laughs> Lord is. Wow. Not, not, honorable,
3: she's in the honorable mentions, ooh. which is like fifty to seven, fifty to hundred. considering how many people listen to that album, yeah, and,
0: and how big the also, campaign uh, was around it, and like no
3: yeah yeah um i can give you another one um that maybe is more personal um than than like universally uh mm-hmm. recognized but um we reviewed it at the time uh, saint vincent daddy's home another one i can't go back yeah. to it i have no interest
0: but Absolutely again really big campaign around it I tried. like it, people were yeah. writing a lot about it at the time when it came out and it's nowhere near the list I've seen um, yeah. one or two of the songs, maybe in the like 10 to 20 section of some of this, but it hasn't topped yeah, anything. I
3: found it hard work. Yeah. That's what it feels like when I go and try and listen to it again. I I'm haven't like, bothered. Oh man, honestly. this is just hard work. This like, it just feels like something you don't want to yeah.
0: go near. Yeah, I agree. I'll, again, I'll just, listen just listen to music from sign. the 70s instead of listening to uh, St. Vincent trying to make music that sounds like it's from yes. the 70s. I'll do that.
3: Yeah, so those are, those are two disappointing mm. albums from 2021 yeah. this year. I'm sure. I'm
0: um sure. I have two kind of quick fire ones. I've Best mm-hmm. Decision and Worst Decision. Just of the year.
1: <laughs> oh, what best the year?
0: Decision and Worst Decision. Okay. Okay, okay. Right. So the Best Decision Go. was the judge who was presiding on the uh the Free Britney case. And decided that she shouldn't be in that conservatorship anymore. And that Britney should indeed be free. Um, so that's my best decision of the year. My worst decision of the year was the decision that Kanye West made. To collaborate with Marilyn Manson on his album. Because that, that didn't go well. And it was a bad decision.
3: Yeah. I think that kind of ruined a lot of the discourse. Yeah, from the it album. did. And again, an album that you know has a lot to recommend to it. But it's also scattershot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about his yeah. mother at all. It's actually about like, I mean, I don't know what it's about. It's half about a divorce. Well, one of the tracks <laughs> like, made
0: Craig Fitzpatrick's top 10 um, songs of the year on the... Well, Jesus Lord part two, Nine yeah, Nine I mean, Nine Nine obviously,
3: Nine. obviously. Yeah, um, that's a great track. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't, can't out- argue that. It. Um, but, you know, it's more the discourse. I'm just... it. The discourse is so all encompassing that it's just hard to want to revisit it mm-hmm. now i'm like oh, no there's great stuff on it i mean i really like hurricane and i like there's some songs on the album mm-hmm. i really like
0: i sure. liked the marlon manson oh, song the other stuff, I just like, <laughs> which what? is the most yeah, annoying I mean, part but yeah, yeah hey what can you do
3: yeah mm. okay all right do you have another uh quick fire one best beetle <laughs> oh, look, that's going to be a whole conversation
0: <laughs> Okay yeah uh, we'll, we'll keep, keep it for Beatles for, Corner
3: For our special get back Thank section um, Okay so Oh
0: okay I, I I, have a I have a quick fire one Dope of the year yeah. Dope of the year What who no Tell Eric me Captain. Um, Wins legal case against <laughs> woman Selling bootleg live CD for £8.45 Um it was a the case of a 55-year-old German woman who sold a bootleg live CD for 8.45. Um she claimed that she was unaware that she was committing copyright infringement by listing the CD titled Eric Clapton Live USA which contains recordings of performances from the 1980s on eBay. Um the listing was removed after 1 day. She basically <laughs> um she One yeah day. she got a letter from Captain's legal team in Germany and she she replied to that I object and ask you not to harass or contact me any further feel free to file a lawsuit if you insist, if you insist on the demands and that was a mistake because they then oh and they yeah, did they filed Eric an did. injunction and the court found in Captain's favor she appealed um she said that she that her husband bought the disc in 1987 in a department store in Germany, but the judge said it was irrelevant that she didn't buy the CV herself because she was the one selling it. And she has to pay the legal fees of both parties, which totals... 2889 pounds. Um this is according to the guardian in the uh, in the highly unlikely event that she continued to list the cd for sale she could under german copyright law face a fine of up to 212353 pounds or 6 months in prison. Um Clapton's manager said, Germany is a country where sales of bootleg and counterfeit CDs are rife, which damages the industry and customers of poor quality and misleading recordings, along with a number of other major artists and record companies over a number of years. Eric Clapton has, through German lawyers, successfully pursued hundreds of bootleg cases in the German courts under routine German copyright procedures. You'd wonder, has he not got anything better to do? Of course he doesn't uh, have anything better to do, Eric Clapton, these days. But... um, yeah, dope of the year. What a, what a dope! One absolute dope. <laughs> like it's not as if she made. Wow. She wasn't. You know, she didn't upload it to streaming services. She didn't distribute it widely. She sold it to one other person. Yeah, it's basically an NFT. You
3: know, <laughs> like if I only had known when I was a kid, when I was like, my dad loved Layla mm. and all that stuff, and remember, like they, Eric clapped and unplugged. I didn't know much of, a, much of a dose he was. I know, but, but hey, you know. I'm going to go back. This is there's a there's a Christmas uh, film where I, where I I go back in time to my seven year old self and be like, Don't listen <laughs> <watch> to that man. <laughs> uh, he's look, bad. he's had
0: he's he's had some very good songs. Pretty good on the old guitar. I'm not going to yeah. take that away from the man, but um doesn't mean he's not a dope. Um, so That's you know, true. It, yeah, listeners can refer to our. Problematic artists, problematic faves episode from 2019. If they want to hear us talk about that sort of thing,
3: <laughs> yes, we've been talking about that.
0: For, topic I reckon for that's, that long. The, that's the that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the episode we refer people to the most, just because like by nature of doing this every week, we're talking about problematic people and people whose music we like, but who are awful human beings. Um, and I think at the time we focused on. The nineteen seventy five's Matty Healy, which feels very quaint in comparison to kind of everything that we could be talking about now. But also at the time we were talking about Michael Jackson because the documentary, the the Channel Four, I think, documentary had just come out. So yeah, go and listen to that if you want um our sort of deeper, more nuanced thoughts on separating the art from the artist. Um and how to put your Spotify on hidden mode. True. Um,
3: okay, uh, a quick one now I'm going to pick. Uh, we've done this before, so it's a return of an award. Um, it is the Best Rap Guest Verse, a.k.a. the Andre 3000 Award, because he's the only one yes. that wins this. <laughs> and, of course, it is uh, for the track that was added to the Don the Deluxe album, uh, Life of the Party, um, and uh, let's play a bit of
1: that first. hey Miss Donda you run running tell my mama please tell her I said say something I'm starting to believe ain't no such thing as heaven's trumpets no after over this is it done if there's a heaven you would think they let you speak to your son maybe she has in the form of a baby's laugh I heard passing by in a stroller reminding me hey keep rolling oh no maybe she has with the prick of a blade of brass. I've been laying on way too long got me itchy got up and roamed a little more Miss Donda, you see my mama tell her I'm lost. You see she'd always light a cigarette. We talk, I would cough, exaggerating a little bit so she get the point. Trying to get her to stop smoking, I would lead and fire up a joint till I quit. Started back up again. 20 years later, all that time y'all thought a nigga was high, thought I was crazy. My mama, she ain't cut no corners, got me back on track. I don't miss her overstepping, but do miss her showing seven civilian life shit. Uh, miss Donda, see my mama whisper her this. The real reason I was geeked to go to church, must confess when y'all grown-ups would be in Bible study. That girl helping me with my homework, her and I were fucking so pure and perverted, so spirit spinning and dirty, so on, so on and so on. We hope that no one heard it. Shh, shh. And to this day, I think her mama knew, but let us explore. Miss Don, you see my father, please ask him why. He never married, always smiled, but was he happy inside? Because I carry my mother's name, did he carry a shame with him? I'm sure she did it out of spite was her decision at birth. She she probably were hurt. Oh, po baby, two young people with different views. A lot for a young lady, no coincidence. They both passed away from heart conditions. There's a dissidence that play. Dad and mom do hard division. Three thousand poster child for big dick niggas raised by their mothers. I'm supposed to smile as if God knew that I would be trouble. Keeps me around for what I don't know, but I do know that it's crucial that we do so pronto. I don't know how much long though. So
3: that was uh Andre 3000 with uh, Kanye West on Life of the Party. Um, obviously. Uh, wrote a a a lyric spec on brief um to the album about uh you know supposedly the album was supposed to be about um Kanye's mother Donda Miss Donda West and uh, he wrote one about his mother and it has more I don't know it has more emotion than anything that he wrote about his mother in the end on the album and uh, it was left off I think believe because um I think Andre wrote it with curses in mind and uh. Curses weren't allowed on the album because of Kanye's now Christian beef. so uh, it was left off. And now it's back again. So it's just uh, you know uh, he did allow it to to be featured and censored. So I think it's worth worth including as well. So uh, I'm gonna, again like every time under two thousand pops up is like, yep, I want this. That was a James Blake one from two oh, years ago. That was he, great. guess guest it's on. So yeah, and he's 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 really great in that mode where he just pops up and like does you know appears on someone else's Mm -hmm. song um i mean i would be happy enough if he just kept doing that yeah (laughs) i I don't mind it i mean although him him going around with his uh his big flute everywhere he goes is a is a mood for sure sure
0: (laughs) um okay you want another one
3: right where are we going next um okay uh what we got what we got what we got i
0: have Um, a kind of a twofer (laughs) Okay. okay yeah so these two things are connected with one another um, and if you're friends with me, you've had me talking about this person for a while. so this is both best cover song and best YouTube video about music slash excuse for me to talk about a new YouTube guy who I love um so uh this guy on YouTube, his name's Pat Finnerty. I'm obsessed with him. he's amazing, and he's basically like, so you know when you're watching music YouTube, and it's just it's sort of all become very like sanitized and similar. And it's always like a bunch of guys sitting in front of like a load of really expensive amps and guitar pedals and stuff. (laughs) And and Pat is just like, just like they're, they're, they're ripe for, for, um, uh, for parody now at this stage. So Pat's come in and he, uh, in response to a, series by rick beato who's kind of like the king of youtube like uh you know theory in in pop music kind of thing uh this might be a world that people are completely unfamiliar with but i assume that if people listen to music well you've mentioned yeah i I feel like if people listen to music podcasts you kind of like you know they you'll be aware of this world so rick beato is kind of like the big guy and he does a series called what makes this song great and he'll do anything from like like a Beyonce song to a blink 182 song or whatever. And it's very kind of music theory based. And Pat Finnerty with like very few subscribers is just like, okay, I'm going to start doing a series called what makes this song stink. And my favorite of them, or the one that I would recommend people to start with is um, what makes this song stink. Hey soul sister by train. It's an absolutely amazing video. Like, because that song is so bad, you know, like it's really, really bad. And it's great to hear, to see somebody who is a great guitarist and has a very good understanding of, uh, of music theory kind of break down why it's so bad and why we hate it so much. But it also has this kind of narrative through it as well. It's very, very funny, uh, very funny video, but. So Pat's also friends with the band Dr. Dog, who I think I talked about last year in the podcast awards last year um, as like a band I discovered last year or something or it might have been the year before. Really cool band um, from Philadelphia where Pat's from as well. And he's friends with them and he makes all his YouTube videos in their like recording studio. Um, And I don't know why, but he just decided that instead of playing Hey Soul Sister on the radio, that Dr. Dog should cover Here Comes the Hot Stepper and that he should try and get that played on the radio. And so the band are his pals. So they were like, yeah, okay, we'll we'll record this cover. And it's a really good cover of that song. Uh, so they're like, you know, this like cool indie band. They're actually not making me or they're not touring anymore. Um, just this cool indie guitar cover of Here Comes the Hot Stepper. And it's really good. So that's both my music youtube guy of the year and my favorite cover song of the year
3: cover oh i'll have to see if i can think yeah. of a cover now while i play this, this is here will i play from um, the start yeah why not yeah okay here, here comes the hot stepper by talk to great okay has Dr. Dog here comes the hot supper I can't think of any um, cover songs uh, better than that of
0: course you can't because it's the best cover songs that I listened to this year that I
3: liked (laughs) enough to to Mm -hmm. recommend you know I I didn't go through my list for that purposes but oh god I wish I I, there probably is in
0: there um, anyway, but yeah, so if you, <coughs> you want to know where to start with Pat Finnerty, watch the train video. If you want to know where to start with Dr. Dog, they have a wonderful song called Where it All The Time Go. It's the top song on their Spotify and it was the first song of theirs that I'd heard and I was immediately taken in and I've like listened to all their records now and I think they're a really, really, really great band. Um, so if you like the kind of music that I tend to talk about a lot on this podcast, you will like them for sure.
3: Okay, great. Um, all right, is it yeah. time to yeah. go and start talking You're about? Back. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do. it. Oh, look at this! <laughs> I got she got the, the book.
0: book.
2: <laughs> yes. yes, I got
3: it. I saw that. I, I saw it at the from... shop, and I thought of you yeah. last week. I, was I like, got it oh, from. Yeah, I'm sure
0: ha- from Santa via Harry. Um, it's beautiful. Sorry, did we tell the listeners that we're talking about get back? Um, <laughs>
3: Yes, we're talking about get back um, the, the eight hour or eight h- ish, exactly yeah, how yeah. long it is yeah. eight ish hours of a uh, music yeah. documented by Peter Jackson that was recolored and uh, put Restored together for 150 beautifully
0: hours of audio sixty how many hours, hours of video, video? one hundred and fifty hours, hours of audio and AKA yeah. the basically the only thing that brought me joy this year like true true joy I've watched it twice you're um, True reason. My actual, careful. like my History. my only, the light in this dark dark year was was watching Get Back. Um, it's uh, you know we we've a few different categories to kind of award this. We'd like best music documentary. I was going to say best live concert is <laughs> at the end of it. Um, on top of the Apple Studios, um, building, uh, best Beetle, obviously Paul. Um, just like. Yeah, it's it, it just great because like, it just reminded me of like just how much I fucking love the Beatles and and I do. And
3: you're not the I only know. one. A lot of people are going through that. Yeah, at the moment. So many people just like listening to all of the
0: yeah. And you know what's great? I, I have I have episode. friends who have like messaged me and been like, I watched a bit of the documentary, maybe with one of their friends or their dad or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or something, and they were like yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to really try and get into the Beatles now. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, they'd be like, okay, Octopus's Garden is the greatest song ever. Or, you know, like just coming in with like really hot takes. Um, and I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I I thought it was just such a masterpiece. Obviously like best music documentary of the year. Any other year would have been Summer of Soul. Like Summer of Soul is, is a, oh, is yeah. a fantastic, yeah, gonna, absolutely like absolutely fantastic. Um, and as a music documentary, rather than, I think, like, Get Back is, is it is a documentary, but, you know, it's eight hours long. So it's sort of, yeah, it sort of exists outside of that like format. It's like a long form archival
3: yeah, thing, yeah, you yeah. know. So I live with a sound engineer and he, he said uh, he fell asleep watching it one night and he said that, you know, reminded him of of being in studios when he was 18 Mm -hmm. and 19, making the tea for bands and falling asleep on the couch because he'd been up all night and all that kind of stuff. It's so true to uh, the studio environment, especially in the latter parts. But I think more than that, it's just like so nice to see the Beatles as humans, as uh, a bunch Mm -hmm. of friends in their late, (laughs) mid to late 20s, hanging out, um, make such messers, absolute (sighs) messers. So much tea. Great buzz So much cigarette. Sing. (laughs) Yeah, singing through gritted Mm -hmm. teeth and like, Messing a lot yeah. so you're like they talking about like and talking about George Martin as if he wasn't there mm. or, or orchestrating everything it's like no one could produce the Beatles it was like and then the little especially the early on you certainly get the um the parts where you know uh, of the relationships and people in bands who will, a lot of people in bands would be very triggered from watching. Yeah. It, I would say. Well, what, uh, what, what it was, was so great triggering. about Get
0: Back is that it really kind of corrected the record of of the Let It Be film, which really you know we we saw early on in the first episode. Obviously, George leaving the band, the um the infamous you know I'll, I'll play wherever you want me to play uh thing, and then you yeah. know uh you know uh went to studio came home, quit the Beatles, came home, um, diary entry. And, you know, it's, 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 it's always been, you know, for, for since 1970, I think was when let it be came out. Like we've always thought that like, you know, Paul was controlling and George was like basically ignored by the lads and John was strung out on heroin the whole time. Ringo, we basically had no correct, like no course correction on Ringo because he's always been and always will be perfect. Like so, he's we basically got from Ringo what you expect to get from Ringo, which is just a, a, an absolutely joyous human being who shows up to work um, and a wonderful drummer. But I, I just love that kind of course correction of the narrative of like, yes, they had a fight, but that conversation between Paul and George, it's not nearly as explosive as people kind of thought it was. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. Like So in in the Get Back book there's the um, it's basically images from the um, from the film on like really beautiful paper and then um, a a little section kind of introducing different sections or different episodes or whatever and then the transcripts and when you read the transcript of like that conversation between Paul and George you're like oh god yeah this is very heated but it's not it was just like I think it really showed that Paul like the the album wouldn't have happened if it weren't for Paul um and the whole idea of him being this like controlling band member was just him trying to deal with you know them not having a proper manager and somebody taking over and mm. just there's one of my favorite things about it like there's so many kind of favorite moments in it for me but some of them uh w- one of them was after George leaves um Paul McCartney just starts like climbing up these like rafters and (laughs) like trying to do flips. And like, it's like, he doesn't know what to do. Like he's, and uh, obviously there's the, the bit where like tears fill his eyes and he says, and then there were two and, and uh, about him and Ringo, which would obviously become a very kind of poignant thing later in life, given that they they're the two Beatles that are still with us. Um, that was that was yeah. a very sad moment, but like he just doesn't know what to do, so he starts like, climbing rafters, and it's amazing. Um, and then you know Ringo bringing in Octopus's Garden, and as soon as he starts playing it, George just goes, "Oh, you've learned A minor, have you?" Like <laughs> just like <laughs> completely taking the piss out of each other. It's all it's it's so brilliant, and then uh, like my like the moment i think we have a, the the clip of it um i'll just never forget the feeling of seeing paul mccartney writing get back from thin air um just within you know i think it's like one minute 40 seconds or something and and and, and he finds it he's like he's it's like it's like it's making itself known to him and it, it's amazing because like john is late that morning it's 11 o'clock and he hasn't shown up yet him and Yoko are late so George and Ringo are just kind of sitting watching Paul like noodling around on his bass and and then he just finds this song and it's like it just it's one of those things where it's like I I have never written a song I've never even really like maybe when I was a teenager I attempted to write songs when I was like first learning guitar or whatever but I always thought that there is some kind of you know the that songs kind of appear to people or something that there's, there's no real sort of like, if I worked really hard for a year, I don't think I'd write a good song. Like it it just, so some people just have the ability to tap into music in that way, but I've never, I'd never seen it before and seeing it, like seeing Paul McCartney writing a song like that. And it was, it was, it was just one of the most astounding things I've ever seen. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was just such a, I felt like weirdly like honored that I got to like witness his process in that way cuz like he's he's one of my favorite songwriters. He's one of the best songwriters um that's ever lived and just getting to see how he works that out was just such a such a privilege like it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, well let's hear a bit of that audio and you can watch the video on Get Back um which is currently on Disney Plus. Okay, there we go. Well, that is a lovely little bit from the Get Back film uh, with Paul coming up mm-hmm. with Get Back.
0: Um, a lovely, uh, Ni- Niall, and, who's, oh, God, so who's your favorite Beatle? You can't say Mal, because obviously um, Mal is everyone's favorite Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: banging oh, the silver hammer. Um, yeah, I think it's probably, it is probably, like, I think Paul's so fascinating in this, but John as well, like I think uh, they're both, think you just get a really good impression of who they are as people from watching mm-hmm. this. And I think that's, and George as well, obviously the context with George is that, you know, didn't at that time, he keeps talking about Eric Clapton funny enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's like, if you want Eric, just get Eric. And he's obviously feeling the hurt because didn't he, didn't Eric take his mm-hmm. partner? And that's the context for all of this. So he keeps talking about, Oh, Eric's great. Mm. I wouldn't just get Eric. You know what I mean? It's like, he's 25. That's what's so amazing. Like like you're looking at
0: George and there were times in it when I was watching George just being like, ah, fucking cop on. But obviously George doesn't have the context that we have. Like, you know, uh, the problem, like I I was watching it with Harry and I was complaining about something that George said and Harry was like, well, the problem with George is that he's a songwriter in a band with John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Like you, you know, there's, what what can you do like that's the greatest songwriting duo ever and you're the third songwriter like so ring Ringo's happy because he's the drummer and he comes in with his song every now and then whereas george wanted to be like a lennon or a mccartney but there just wasn't enough room um for for that and obviously he he wrote um he wrote something during these sessions um or he started to work on something during these sessions and yeah it's 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 incredible. One one of my other favorite things is how much Paul McCartney wants to be arrested. Like he he's dying to get arrested <laughs> and you know it's amazing bit when he's up on the roof and he turns around and he sees the the two coppers and he just yells yeah bumbies, he just yells yeah. like woo into the mic and he's so <laughs> exhilarated he's so happy and it was it was so lovely and to see great, to see him part. and John just like singing together and like working off one another and following each other's leads and like you know their eyes just locked on the roof and just really really enjoying themselves for their their last live performance uh to see it in like in in that level of quality you know because that's the thing about get back is that like it could it could have been filmed yesterday um it, it, yeah. it, there's the odd time when you get a bit of Like weird motion movement Or whatever but you know it's It's not um, I wouldn't say it's distracting at all And it's and it's sort of rare yeah. um, Also I love the course correction on Yoko Like she just basically stays Out of the yeah. way she's just chilling And then loads of times they're vibing with her And jamming with her um, There's a great bit where Heather McCartney who's only young She's probably only about four She comes in and she starts like mimicking yoko doing her like wailing into the microphone and heather's like and john just turned around and (laughs) john turns around and goes yoko (laughs) it's brilliant it's so great yeah and linda's there as well she's taking her photos being brilliant yeah it's so lovely to see like all their their wives and girlfriends popping in and oh it's just so good at the end of it i was like it's like i miss my pals my pals john paul george oh. and ringo like i just miss hanging out with the lads <laughs> um i probably will watch it again Over. well Christmas. you know what
3: i reckon i reckon there's an 18-hour cut i, Mike, I really that's hope what the, so the long version is yeah. that was the first yeah. cut i think that'll be released um in a, i in a really, two, really 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 hope
0: so um because i'll watch it and i'll buy the book and i'll buy the let it you be will. deluxe it you know i'm here i'm a consumer i'm ready <laughs> you know take my money I, it's fine I'm not spending that on anything else um but yeah that's yeah
3: okay uh absolutely fantastic and I think it's it is cross-generation totally well. it's so nice that like you know my fam, my family member my dad is watching it um you know so many different people are watching it at the mm-hmm. moment and just you know and everyone's loving it and I'm like this is great it is it's everyone's so good it.
0: didn't the um, guardian publish a three-star review of it on like the so they they had been given a um, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, oh, really? so it was the day that it was released on Disney Plus. I think they'd been given like a a screener or whatever for it. And um, oh, so eight hours. So aimless. aimless. Yeah, three yeah. stars. Who who was Alex it? Alex. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, Alex, yeah. no. Um. yeah and, and it was that it was you know meandering and there was no like narrative and blah 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 and then everyone watched it and was like what are you on about this is incredible <laughs>
3: like, I mean on the surface he's totally right yeah. but like he's definitely not one yeah. to actually watch it because when I was watching that I was like um, you know, when I, before I watched it I was like god what if it is mm. really boring and I'm I'm one of those people who just mm. doesn't get it and I'm like, oh, mm. no. <laughs> but it, there's not but a chance I, that's of it. The like, thing I, I think, thought, like, and every, ta- every person I showed it to, like my my dad, for example, was just like,
2: oh, yeah. I'm so into this. Yeah. I'm so into
3: this. And like, my girlfriend was into it. And like, everybody i yeah. talked to was just like, yeah. yes. Like my, my boyfriend was watching
0: it, sitting <laughs> on the couch, like with his guitar, like working out songs along as they were playing it. And I was like, do you feel like you're in the field? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> it's so lovely. But I think like, you don't even <laughs> have to be like a big, Beatles super fan at all really to watch it I think if you're someone who loves music and loves songwriting this is this is great and loves a bit of drama and loves a bit of fandom you know get, getting to see yeah. like even you know on Tumblr all the teen girls are are getting into the Beatles which is great <laughs> it's brilliant they you know gift sets are like people shipping people (laughs) in the Beatles and it's just like I don't know I feel like it's it's a nice it's a nice kind of throwback to Beatlemania and how much women and girls were involved with you know or basically were the reason why the Beatles became so big and just seeing like Gen Z yeah teen girls becoming fangirls of the Beatles and it's 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 so, so lovely. It's, re- it's just such a, yeah. Show it's, it's, you know what it is? It's not hurting anyone. It's just good. It's just pure goodness. Yeah. yeah not hurting right. anyone. That's Get Back right. Corner, I think, is it? Good, clean fun. <laughs>
3: okay, yeah. Um, okay. okay, well, uh, I have one more music one before we, I mean, I, I mean, should we initiate a spoiler mm, warning for yeah. Succession if we're going to do that? Yeah. Are we going to, are we going to talk about it spoiler free or um, spoiler? Okay,
0: we'll give, are we doing succession now? Okay, do the music one, well, and, I then we'll do do music one and then we'll do a spoiler warning for succession. And then we'll come back with the Discord musics of the year. Okay,
3: yeah. So the one, one, one that I left out was, uh, it's an album that I, I have on my best of the year this year. It's from Para One, the French producer. Um he's basically been doing a lot of uh composition work for film for the last couple of years and I really love what he's done with this album which is called Spectre Machines of Loving Grace very much like a tapestry of Collected soundtracks, uh, inspirations. It sounds like the Akira soundtrack. It's got uh, bands from, a drum band from Bali on it, a choir from Sophia, a Japanese drumming troupe, a troupe um, and just, uh, the elements of music of Steve Reich and kind of electronic music as well. Uh, just one I wanted to just, you know, briefly shout out because I think it is really, really worth uh, a listen. I'm going to play a song, uh, an excerpt from uh, one of the tracks called um, Well, maybe I'll play the Akira one. Which one was the Akira one? Um, So yeah, it's called uh, Silicon Jungle. And this is what it says. A little bit of another track here, just to give you a flavour of it. This is called "Virtual Satori." So that's Power One. The album is called Spectre. Um,
0: what is the award you're giving this? Uh,
3: oh, sorry. best um, Basically, imaginary <laughs> soundtrack album. <laughs> okay. It's because it is basically like a soundtrack to a film. I thought it was a soundtrack to a film when I first mm-hmm. heard it because I, I follow Power One on, on Spotify and it came up and I started listening. I was like, this is sounds like it because he's done um he's doing, uh he composed music for portrait of a lady on fire which is an amazing film uh, girlhood mm-hmm. from 2014 spring breakers as well and he's also a um a director as, a, as well so so i thought this was I liked like, the a music in spring breakers yeah i thought this was a film he did and it turns out it's not <laughs> it's just something <laughs> he uh, conjured up um that sounds like it is for a film but it's not at all so uh, best cool. of Managery soundtrack album so Okay, um, it is time to discuss um, uh, Best TV show of the year. The best TV show of the year. Um, I mean, was there any other nominees that you had? I mean, I really enjoyed this um, year, that TV Selling show.
0: Selling Sunset. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Industry was the other show I really enjoyed this year. Surprising, I didn't watch that. A surprising uh, show about um, hedge fund um, underlings in London um, and... Um, uh, the music is great in that as well. Nathan McKay, mm. yeah, does the music on that. There's a great um, great track on it, um, which, well, actually, the, the, it is fantastic. I would actually recommend you, I should have put that in my end of the year, actually. Mm. Uh, but anyway, there's some great stuff on that, the industry, yeah. uh, original soundtrack, and a couple of really nice uh, remixes of the title track. One is kind of an Italo vibe. It, it says it is actually... Like um, parentheses with uh I italo um kind of what's it say on it uh yeah I red light out of sight it tallow mix and then as a green light fun night breaks mix mix as well two versions of that as well so I would recommend uh, that as a great show and really lovely evocative music as well but uh I mean we are here to talk about one show and one show
0: well only. I d- really? I just want to give out um a nomination for um I really enjoyed Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah, um, I tried, which I, tried I watched that, around Couldn't Christmas.
3: Couldn't do it. Couldn't do
0: it. I liked Midnight Mass. I liked the flight attendant. Um, what else did I like? Those are the two that kind of stick out. I loved Midnight Mass. Oh, White Lotus. Um, did you
3: see White Lotus? Mm, no, I don't. That
0: think was so. good. Worth watching. Um, Worth yeah. Sorry, I am scrolling through the Guardian Bests of the Year. <laughs> succession oh God, didn't insane. get number one what are they on about uh, mayor of east town i liked as well anyway good, yeah. right this is your um your spoiler warning for succession yeah maybe skip forward about three three and a half minutes um and we will uh, no longer be talking about succession but from here on out spoilers for the latest season of succession Oh my god! I can't believe Logan like just shot everyone at the end. That was insane. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't see that coming. Um, Oh, Succession was was outstanding this year. It was it was absolutely brilliant. I waited. um, It
3: could have gone either way, um, and thankfully it went the right way. It could have been felt tired and trying too hard to uh, fit into the narrative of the Successing Succession Mm -hmm. thing. I'd get good at retread. It could have been a retread and and certainly some of aspects, season one. Yeah. Yeah. Some aspects of it were a little bit like that, but I think yeah. there was just enough. Um and where it left us in the end is uh completely in a fresh place and uh, Yeah,
0: totally. I, I thought think, all of all of the performances this year were outstanding. I thought Jeremy Strong in particular was just so, so brilliant. And obviously after reading that, was it the New Yorker that, I haven't read that him? Yet actually
3: yeah, I've I've oh, seen all the discourse oh, it is. around it.
0: Oh, it's well worth a read. Um it's not it's not nearly as like scathing as you know, there was absolutely no need for anybody to come out like in his defence or anything. Aaron Sorkin coming
3: out in his defense, like "Hmm."
0: Aaron Sorkin needs to chill like ninety percent of the time. Like I'm a big fan of him, um and I've forgiven him his trespasses, mostly that news show. What was that called? Oh god. The newsroom, yeah, which Dave Hanready and I like to discuss a lot um as being you know just one of those things you can't look away from um but yeah, i I'll I like sort that
3: like the the way it brings in social media and like the editor of the newspaper is like, uh, what are all these twitter twats talking about <laughs> and you're like, come on,
0: <laughs> or the the scene on on um on the, airplane. the on the plane, oh, like um... come on, <laughs> even the opening scene of it, oh, it's so bad, <laughs> it's so bad. oh anyway, um but. The Social Network is one of my favorite um, films of all time. And I think the script in that is perfect. Wouldn't change a thing about it. So, yeah, he's he's, he's a funny one. But anyway, he needs to chill uh, generally. But yeah, no, the whole like celebrities coming out to like defend uh, Jeremy Strong <laughs> against that article was completely ridiculous. Like the article is, you know, he seems like a really weird guy. And yeah. I, I don't think he's making any. Like, I don't think he has any qualms with being called a bit weird. Like, he's definitely one of these people who, like, suffers for his art, quote, unquote, and, you know, wants to do the whole, like, Daniel Day-Lewis method acting thing. It's really funny. Like, I saw people pointing out that there's bits in it where his wife is like, yeah, he, you know, he goes to work and he's really in this character. But when he comes home, you know, he's just, he's my husband and he's Jeremy. And in another part of the article, he's basically like, everything I play is an act. husband." you know, like <laughs> like <laughs> everything. And you're just like, okay. Um, but anyway, I thought his performance, you know, well worth it. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, Nicholas Bertel, again, with that soundtrack, it, you, you think with with there being basically very little to know, kind of outside soundtracking, as in like, there's the odd song, maybe at a party or something, um, the infamous um uh, rape me by nirvana moment was was incredible but there's very little outside music and the score is mostly Nic- Nicholas bertel kind of working around this same motif yeah. um that is the the uh the theme music and you think after 3 seasons that you get tired get of hearing different of variations <laughs> of that but you don't like you 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 literally never get sick of hearing a variation on that theme like
3: you just want it to uh, resolve all the time don't you like yeah. when when you hear those the, the rising notes, you're like, yeah, go on, go on. Sometimes he like, on, shies go, go, away go, from it a bit. Yeah. and, you're like, was, it, and oh. sometimes he does and you're like, yes, you really mm-hmm, want to hear mm-hmm. it. You really want it to resolve. It's nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. um And, you know, since season one, my favorite two characters have been Greg and Tom. And to see them kind of do what they did this series, especially Tom, like, oh, yeah, just, just fucking nailing her to the wall. (laughs) Like, like, I thought it was so perfect
3: because, you know, it was signposted a bit, but it wasn't obvious. And I thought, and maybe, I certainly didn't see that coming. brilliantly. Yeah.
0: Like when, like I, I love getting to the end, like to, to a big series finale of something and then reading pieces that are like, yeah, Here's all the hints we had throughout the season. Yeah, Vulture do a great job of that. Actually, I read one of their Vulture had a brilliant piece, absolutely brilliant piece on that, and just seeing it and being like, "Oh, it's so obvious! Like, of course, of course, he was the one who told Logan, and then Logan sent the donuts, like all of that stuff. Even all the like the Shakespearean parallels, the the Greek mythology parallels, just." Oh, it it was it was so so good, perfectly acted by everyone. I thought the script this season was funnier than ever, especially Roman. I thought Roman was funnier this season than any other season, but he was also more empathetic this season than any other season. I, I really feel like his character has grown yeah. so so much. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think if he was played by anyone but Kieran Culkin, he wouldn't have the depth that he does as, as Roman Roy, but Kieran Culkin just owns that character so yeah. well. And he's, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing.
3: Um, I do think, yeah, I, I, it was so well done. Um, I think they, they basically cooked Tom for the entire, mm-hmm. like three mm-hmm. seasons. And, and I don't, and I think that's why you thought he would never go that far in order to get to that point, he you know? It. Um, and you kind it. of believe that he is like what, like Shiv has him under his thumb mm-hmm. under her thumb and and um, you know he is maybe that little bit of pathetic mm. character but, but what's,
0: what's so amazing is that like I, I was both like absolutely elated for Tom I was like yes fucking dick them Tom but then at yeah. the same time seeing Shiv and Roman and Kendall I mean we've kind of been used to seeing Kendall in that kind of state <laughs> before but seeing Shiv I think I was I was texting Dave Hanareti about this and he was saying like was this the first time we saw her truly break down and I think it was and she she'd such a Sarah Snuka such a brilliant performance in in that even those final moments you know yeah Um, that's oh it's so
3: so perfect it's it's such a perfect Jerry
0: like oh yeah so yeah is amazing yeah tv show of the year come on great
3: obviously. payoff great payoff and i love that we're going into a a season four which isn't going to be something you know that isn't going to be drawing on parallel lines exactly as the first who
0: knows so, like yeah. what what's gonna happen you know but do you know what's so lovely about it is that i just have complete trust in the writers and the producers and the actors Uh, like right down to, you know, the soundtrack composer. I've complete trust in everybody that they're going to do the right thing with this. I feel, I feel like it's got another two seasons in it. And like, I basically want to see Connor Roy's like I, I want to see him get nominated as the Republican nominee and I want to see his campaign for the presidency. I don't want to see him be president. So I think that if you do those two things over two seasons, it'll be perfect. But who knows? Like he mightn't even get the Republican nomination. I I was really interested in all of the stuff with that, like alt-right guy being nominated by um, or being suggested by um, by Roman I really want to know where all of that goes, um, and obviously Shiv like refusing to be in the photo, loved all yeah. that, um, was sad that I didn't get to see that resolve, but I think next season will probably be, you know, the Republican nomination candid- candidacy and 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 all of that stuff, which would which would be brilliant to see because I think that they deal with all of that really really well, yeah yeah okay well we end the spoiler zone for succession now yeah and people can come back in okay <laughs> welcome back if welcome you po- back, followed yeah. our timestamp. um yeah. what was a
3: rotten cabal was my favorite line actually um okay do you okay
0: do you have any any last things before we get to the discord list uh, no I don't think so I, I think might just give a little shout out to my favourite book of the year oh that's yeah okay. nice idea
2: Yeah,
0: um, I'm going to say my, my book of the year is Piranesi by Susanna Clark um, who was the um, novelist who wrote Jonathan Strange and Mr Norrell uh, which was published like 16 years ago um, Piranesi is <laughs> I'm hesitant to call it a fantasy novel because that doesn't really um, it doesn't really fit but it's 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 kind of billed as a fantasy novel uh, elsewhere but it's sort of it's fantasy um, philosophy maybe a bit of theology in there like it's it's a really really stunning book I've never read anything like it mm. Um it's it's re- it's it's genuinely quite singular um, and i anyone like I've my copy of it I have actually no idea where it is in the world right now it's somewhere in Dublin but it's been passed around maybe like five or six of my friends who've like read it and been like oh can I can I lend this to so and so and then they'll be like oh well, thanks for the book I'm going to lend it to so and so so it's actually doing the rounds around Dublin Um, but anyone I've recommended it to has loved it so if you're looking for a good read like a good meaty story over Christmas Piranesi is very, very good.
3: Lovely. Well, I always ask you what books I should read and I'm currently reading uh, fake accounts. Um, by, oh, um, yeah. Harley. How are you getting pages in it? into it. Yeah, yeah. It, you're right. I mean, it really doesn't go where you think it's going to go at all. Yeah, um, no, no, do, no. I'm re- very much enjoying it. Um, and I really, I'm look, trying to look at the pile of books I have over there and I can't see any of the ones I've read. <laughs> and I'm like, what yeah, um, did I read this year? <laughs> I, can't I know. Other than the Sally Reilly and the Megan Nolan Acts of Desperation book. Um, I read a lot of Irish stuff. Um, but I can't remember you any did. of them right now. <laughs> that's okay. That. Oh, did you hear? Mammy Died" by Seamus O'Reilly was another
0: one. That's I still great. haven't read that. That's my that's my Christmas book for um Christmas Eve and Christmas Day.
3: Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, great. Well, you're gonna enjoy that an awful lot. Um, yeah, yeah I'm really it's, looking it's forward to funny. that. I love him. Very funny and very sad and very poignant. Yeah, it. lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Um. Well, I have loads of books to read. I'm back on the on the reading buzz. Um, so I will be asking you again <laughs> what books I want to read once I get that big pile out of the way. All right, Excellent. so uh, what we said we'd do to finish up would be to share. Now, by the time I'll have read these out, I'm sure I've I've told the Discord uh, group um, what their Albums of the Year are. But just to give you an idea of, we used to do a reader's poll on um and I just... I ran out of time, been able to do it. Uh, it was just too many people, uh, you know, sending their choices and trying to uh, tabulate them all and collate them and give them a number and all that kind of stuff became too difficult for me to individually do or to farm it out to somebody else and uh just became too mu- another thing that was just too much. So, but we, because there's a smaller number of people on the Discord, we asked um, uh, just to read... Get their pulse on what their end of the year uh, albums, Irish albums, international albums, and songs were. So mm. I'm gonna first start with the Irish albums. I will give you top five.
0: Well, we um, have to thank um Maria. Oh for... Maria and
3: Neil, like helped me put this together. I did the album yeah. one and she did or the, Irish album, she did the rest of them. So thanks for that. Yesterday. Just run out of time, you know. We're running out of time before Christmas happens. to do everything. Um, so I will re I will hear the Irish albums as voted by nine or nine Discord readers. Uh, if you want to access Discord, you have to be on the Patreon, basically. So patreon.com dot forward slash nine. Um, our fifth Irish album in, uh, in I'm gonna go in success order here, uh, down order, whatever. What am I saying? Meh, words reverse chronological reverse order. order. <laughs> down order. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Niles had a spicy coffee. Okay. Uh, Uh, okay number five is john francis flynn i would not live always number four is villagers fever dreams number three kojak town's dead number two saint sister where i should end and the number one irish album on the discord group uh the 99 discord group is for those i love and by for those i love um clear a clear winner there in terms of irish albums excellent in terms of the international ones, it was a little bit more open, but not that much. Um, the fifth entry is probably my favorite album of the year. Floating Points, Ferris Sanders and the London Symphony Orchestra uh, Promises. Um, Japanese Breakfast, number four, with Jubilee. Um, mm-hmm. Three is Little Sims. Sometimes I might be introvert. Definitely one of my favorites as well. Uh, Dry Cleaning, New Long Leg is number two. And number one, no surprise here. It's prioritized pleasure. Self esteem,
0: but prioritized pleasure. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't the ru- seen these lists.
3: The runaway winner. Yeah, you haven't seen them. Um, Brilliant. The songs are a bit more open, but there's three at the top that would be very obviously. I think, you know, what often happens with songs is that, um, you know, songs from a. Multiple songs from uh, from one artist can sp- from an album can split the vote a bit, um, so mm-hmm. we've had that here with self esteem and and Little Sims um, because they feature in the top ten. Two of their songs each feature in the top ten.
0: Okay, but
3: uh, other songs um, that are in- of interest uh, in their the top five anyway. Uh, so we've got Little Sims Introvert and Point and Kill. Either or, um, we've have uh, for those I love. I have a love. Uh, self esteem. I do this all the time. Uh, Kojak Town's Dead is number two, and then number one is actually for those I love again, Birthday, the Pain. So there you go. Excellent, Uh, surprising. Um, So thanks uh, everyone in the Discord
0: for submitting your lists and also just being like. I think my favorite thing this year to do with the podcast, besides all the wonderful hours you and I have spent together on this (laughs) grainy little Zoom window, Nile, was. The Discord being set up was just such a brilliant community and I've genuinely really, really loved like every second of being in there. So nice.
3: It's like a brilliant
0: chats, like really feel like I've gotten to know people. People who like you know, even have I've been mutuals with on Twitter for a while who I just didn't get to know because you know you don't really DM people and I've gotten to know people like that and also just people who I didn't know at all who I feel like I know now. And um yeah, it's a really really wonderful community. If if you're um if you don't know about Discord or you know it, it's really very easy to use. Um if if you're like nervous about coming into a community that's already like formed it's not really like that at all. It's a very, it's an extremely welcoming community. So do come on down. And if you're already a member of our Patreon and not part of the Discord, come in, you know, it's, it's very, very welcoming. And it has been, um, a bit of a, a it's been a lovely lovely community in this yeah. year when we all can't be together and next year guys we will have that meetup that we've been talking about all yeah, year like we, we did did it the, the
2: merchy
3: Christmas last <laughs> we near, week we famous, nearly got actually, there from but... the Discord uh, last week and Keen uh, yeah. was there as well but there, there's a lot of yeah when it's safer to do so not when everyone's freaking out about Omicron
0: yeah, uh, we will we'll, do we'll get it an done. actual yeah.
2: up, But um,
0: but thanks okay. so much everyone it's really it's meant a lot to kind of be able to keep doing this this year um, and thanks for bearing with us while we do it remotely um, because I know there's been a couple of snags here and there in terms of like quality on my end or episodes that go missing or whatever don't be so hard on yourself now it happens it happens (laughs) it does it does but thanks everyone And, and you know if you're not supporting us on Patreon for whatever reason if you can't or just don't want to at this point and you still listen every week um you still have a very very special place in our hearts
3: you can star us on spotify now apparently
0: now yes so you can star us on spotify a, and while so you're there you might as, as well star rating. my my uh my podcast my favorite album on and Drake clear so. as <laughs> well oh, yeah. oh
3: yeah oh yeah i think it only works on your phone at the moment. okay i think cool anyway you can do that okay give us a star
0: so that's give us it. five actually <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: it's five stars it is yeah. five stars. That's what we yeah, want.
0: Yeah, if you're going to give us two stars, don't fucking bother. Okay, I don't know why you're even here. If you're going to give us three stars, don't bother. If you're going to give us four stars, just round up. Yeah. Five stars or nothing, please. Um, Thanks otherwise, that's it for the year, Nile. It is for the year, and you we know, did we've it. Got, got big plans for next year.
3: You know, things are going to change in a nice way. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> yes, no, they are. Yeah. yeah, no, we've got we've got very exciting stuff next year. Yeah, so yeah, so we're going to take a break for that.
3: now, um, mm-hmm. and we we'll be back in the new year. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it'll be a new look. Maybe it'll be a new feel. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to promise too much. A new case. host?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's not a new host. <laughs> no, I'm not going.
3: I, are you going somewhere? I'm not going I'm anywhere. I'm not going uh, anywhere. Not grand, going anywhere. Uh, okay. That's good to know. <laughs> I'm glad we right. talked about that. Imagine, uh, imagine I quit
0: now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Anyway, um, thanks right. to
3: everybody. Happy New Year. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Merry new Christmas, Year. everyone. Happy New Year. And, um, you know. Take care of each other. Enjoy watching yourselves. eight hours of the Beatles if you've not already watched that. Um, yeah. and uh, stay safe and all that stuff yeah and, thanks for a great
0: year everyone yeah bye a mil.
3: oh wait one more thing before I leave oh I
2: think I'll be leaving the band now when? now
3: George is leaving the band now and we're out of here goodbye see
2: everybody bye bye